This is B2B Radio featuring Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a nationally recognized leading business-to-business advisor, will present information that helps reduce risk, improve financial performance, and change your company's future. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Hello, and welcome to B2B Radio Brought to you by Capital Plus. Capital Plus helps you unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. CPI creates customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. So welcome to another edition of B2B Radio. And uh, it is that time of the month in a positive way to have our mar- monthly market update with our resident financial advisor expert, Mr. Johnny Dawson, who is the CEO of the of Capstone Wealth Advisor. Welcome again, Mr. Dawson. Thanks again for having me. Always a pleasure to be on. Yeah, absolutely. And I will mention before we get into the uh, the market update there, so I mentioned during uh, last month's update that uh, Johnny's company that he, again, is CEO of, they had recently done a little bit of uh, rebranding. So they are now known as Capstone Wealth Advisors. You can find them on um, Facebook and all over the place. But uh, you can call them also as well at 614 614- Eight two three eight six six zero. All right. So with all that being said, what do you got for us, Chief? Yeah, Kenny. You know, I was thinking about our call coming up today, and and we posted um, a thread on social media that seemed to be getting a lot of attention. So I thought, you know what, for our segment coming up on B two B radio, uh, let's go over kind of the same thing that I put out there for all of our clients and and readers and social media land. And that being uh, what I wanted to go over was basically five common financial mistakes that we see and uh, that we need to avoid. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to go kind of quickly over those five common mistakes and some tips on how to avoid those. And let's just dive right into it. Uh, Number one uh, for, for the five common mistakes that we see is failing to diversify. Uh, a lot of people think diversi- diversifying means I've got money at several different institutions, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean diversification. Uh, so higher investment risk during the down market is just one of the many concerns that we may that may surface when portfolios aren't diversified. The key idea behind diversification is that positive performance of some investments can help serve as a buffer or outweigh the negative performance of others. And that's really truly what diversification is supposed to do. Uh, this is especially important as you as one nears retirement because you may have fewer years to rebuild uh, from potential losses. So mm-hmm. failing to diversify is our first of five common mistakes that we see. The second being skipping estate planning. Um, we've heard of stories before. We can look at the Prince case now. Uh, death can be very difficult to discuss with our loved ones, but not talking about it and not planning for it could place a huge financial burden on our loved ones. And for many people, the idea of estate planning simply means writing a will, but this is just one element of the process. And some additional recommended steps include you know, documenting a health care directive and power of attorney designations. Um, to ensure this is probably one of the biggest things that that is the easiest but overlooked is just updating beneficiary designations, making sure that they're all up to date, um, that on your bank accounts, your retirement accounts, your 401K plans, even your insurance plans, uh, no one wants to find out that an ex-spouse was on your life insurance policy for 15 years. (laughs) 
Um, so making sure that those discussions are never had, making sure that those are updated is pretty easy to do, um, but it's sometimes overlooked. So skipping estate planning is is number two. And then uh, what I see a lot of times is delaying health care planning. So in the enjoyment of your retirement years can be tarnished pretty quickly if health issues arise. Mm-hmm. And we know health care inflation is one of the highest inflation rates that we see today. Um, and so you got to account for expected and unexpected medical expenses. So when we're going through retirement analysis with folks, we start to scenario plan in a way that we can prepare for uh, future medical expenses, uh, long-term care being a large concern of those today. Um, so folks could start considering long-term care insurance around uh, into their 50s. Uh, and typically, the younger and healthier you are, the lower that premium cost is going to be. Um, so planning for uh, health care is a huge uh, importance of one's retirement strategy. So that's often overlooked. Uh, and then the fourth financial mistake that we see and to avoid is obviously managing multiple 401k plans. Mm-hmm. So it's very, um, it's not uncommon for people to change jobs several times in their career. And, and you see that a lot of times with business owners. They worked at corporate like you did for yep. many years. Yep. Uh, and then and then they decide to take the leap of faith in the entrepreneur world, and then they kind of what we call 401k orphans. They just leave them behind at their previous job, and what they could do is consider consolidating those assets um, for greater investment control or even improved management uh, with factors such as risk and tax diversification. Um, leaving the 401k plan assets in the existing company it could uh, give you access to institutional funds that charge less in fees than, mm-hmm. than funds outside of the employer plan, but there are many other factors uh, to consider as well, uh, being the options and the control being two of the largest, distribution flexibility and also creditor protection are just a few of the things that you should keep in mind if one is considering uh, rolling over a 401k plan or consolidating it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but depending on the situation, it may make sense to consider consolidating their retirement plans in one place. Uh, the last financial mistake that we see to avoid, and you've probably been getting a lot of calls or even a lot of questions on this, is paying too much in taxes. As business owners, we, we want to make sure that we're being tax efficient with our business. And with the new tax law changes, there's obviously um, a lot of planning that needs to happen going into next year. So if you don't have a well-tax-planned strategy, you could end up paying more to the IRS than needed. And as I've told you before, the reason why it's called the IRS is if you put it together, it spells theirs. And <laughs> we want to avoid theirs if we can, uh, but by doing so, you've got to have a well-planned tax strategy. So with recent changes of the tax code, many individuals moved into different tax brackets, and those who itemize deductions may need to rethink their tax strategy. So those are the five uh, financial mistakes to avoid, which are just an overview, failing to diversify, skipping estate planning, delaying health care planning, managing multiple 401k plans, and lastly, paying too much in taxes. Um, so as always, we're here to help um, with any of those things that, that our listeners may have questions on. Sure. Yeah, no, I think it's a great list, and I'll tell you. Even myself, who I, I, you know, I think I'm 
on top of these kind of things. I mean, uh, I can tell you, number two hits a hit home. I, we recently in the in the biz household came across an account that my wife was not on, and we went and headed out of her. I, mm-hmm. Of course, of course, I joked that that was my my slush fund that I was keeping from her. But yeah, your shell account. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, planning healthcare is just still an enigma out there. And in multiple four hundred one ks, we had that with with uh, with Mrs. Biz. She had a couple of those, and we got them consolidated. So. Right. Um, yeah, and, and of course, taxes always a always an issue. So, no, great update. I really appreciate it, Johnny. Um, yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, Johnny Dawson, CEO of Capstone Wealth Advisors. You can reach them at six one four eight two three eight six six zero, and definitely follow them on Facebook. Um, he puts out content on a regular basis, as he alluded to, and you can also find him on LinkedIn. So, thanks again, Johnny. I really appreciate it. Yep, thanks again for having me on. It's uh, greatly appreciated and, and hope we can find some value out of the information. Awesome, thank you. Do you need to dive into online marketing but don't know where to start? Maybe you need an expert to help design your website. Or maybe you just need to drive more traffic to your website. Our Biz Marketing is here to help. Our customized local service specializes in digital lead generation. Our Biz Marketing, where our business is marketing your business online. Go to rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solution subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to MrBiz at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back to B2B Radio, brought to you by Capital Plus. Capital Plus, uh, CPI removes the hassles of balancing cash flow by becoming your full-service credit and collections department. Uh, it is time for the Mr. Biz tip of the week, and the tip this week is a very simple one, but a question I get very often, and that is, Mr. Biz, where should I be on social media? What's the best platform? And I got a real simple tip. Be where your customers are. So depending on your business, the answer might be uh, might be different for different types of business, obviously. So be where your customers are. Very simple. Uh, all right. So let's get in. Uh, we did first segment. If you missed it, we had our market update with Johnny Dawson. And now we have Miss Erin Merton, who is a senior certified HR professional. So welcome to the show, Erin. Thanks for joining us. Hello. So I'm I had excited to be here. Yeah, good. I, I'm excited to have you because we, um, you know, I honestly haven't had. I look back and I, I don't think I've ever had an HR, a true HR type person on the show. And so, I think we listener base has been kind of missing that area of expertise. And so I recently met Erin and talked to her, talked her ear off actually for for quite a while. And I said, you know what? I think she'd be great to come on the show. And I know she's got a lot of good things she can share with us. So. Um, I'm anxious to talk. So get, tell us a little bit about your background, Erin, and how you got to where you're at right now. Yeah, so um, I, I I started off in a working for a small business, and um, over the years I have developed strong HR expertise working for multiple small businesses and consulting with them. Um, what I found is that small business owners are certainly experts in their field, 
And there's a lot of regulatory compliance that's necessary of a small business, but they need an HR partner that they can really trust to watch over their company. Mm-hmm. And so I work with small businesses, under 50 employees, who need HR expertise, but um, at their small business revenue level, it's impossible for them to hire an HR director because it can be really difficult to afford. Mm-hmm. So I provide a lot of consultation to small businesses in um, these areas of HR. Yeah, and anyone who's listened to more than about maybe one and a half shows has heard me talk about there are certain things in your business that I recommend you definitely do not try to DIY. And I know we all try to do it as small business owners because you want to save some money here and there and you think, oh, I can figure it out. Well, HR is one of those things that fits under that category. You can't Google your way out of an HR problem, as I like to say. Um, It's just there are too many things out there. And you know, having if you had someone on staff, you know, as as she mentioned, as Aaron mentioned, if you have someone on staff that can keep up on that and that's their job, that's fine. But again, more than likely, you can't because it's just not you know, it's not affordable to be able to do that. So having someone like Aaron that can be, you know, essentially what Aaron does is what I do as well. Just on I'm on more on the financial side where she's on the HR side. She's staying up on all those things, all the rules and regulations. You can't say this, you can say that, et cetera, et cetera. And those kind of things really very quickly can get you in a pickle. Um, and so that's definitely oh, yeah. definitely an area to have the expertise in. So um, so give us an example. Yeah, I'll say, go ahead, go ahead. You know, what I find in working with a lot of small businesses is that um, they usually have an administrative system or somebody who's in an administrative role that's filling in for these important responsibilities. But the problem is, is that person is usually lacking the HR expertise and they're distracted by their other duties. Mm-hmm. So um, HR is either put off, it's not done at all, or it's often done incorrectly. And the business owners are often liable for that person's lack of knowledge. So it can have severe consequences if you're not having a HR consultant help you because you are really liable as a small business owner. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I've seen the same thing. And again, it's usually, you know, the infamous, and again, anyone who's heard many shows has heard me mention is, you know, the, the receptionist, the admin person seems that they, they have like literally typically the worst job in the whole entire business because they're the catch-all. Well, right. Bob can't do it and Jill can't do it. So what about Susie or what about, you know, Larry over here? And an administrative person ends up catching a lot of different things, most of which they're not equipped to handle. Um, they haven't had the proper training. They don't have the proper expertise and they don't have the bandwidth. So right. you know, if they had the bandwidth, maybe they could kind of stay up on some of these things. But, you know, oftentimes they don't have, you know, one of the things I've talked about before with an admin position is where they become the collections person and they don't have the expertise. And it's a similar type of thing, right? With collections, there are certain things you can and cannot say, and you can get yourself in legal trouble. It's just like HR. I mean, there's very quickly, mm-hmm. it's a slippery slope. You can slide down and it's, it's not a good one. And, you know, I've worked with businesses, and Aaron and I, I mentioned this to Aaron when we talked uh, recently, is, you know, a business that tries to sort of DIY it, and it was a rather large medical practice, and, you know, their their employee handbook was an absolute mess. I mean, there were inconsistencies yeah. in it and and things like that. It would, you could tell they had duct taped it together, but even me having basically a neophyte uh, understanding of HR compared to, you know, not, uh, the knowledge base that Aaron has... I looked at it and said, holy crap, this thing is a hot mess. We have to find someone to take a look at this thing. Because, again, you can find yourself in a very litigious position if you you know, end up right. terminating someone or 
you haven't treated someone fairly or, you know, equitably, things like that. And those are the obvious things, but there's a lot of non-obvious things that, that pop out. And speaking of which, as we always do on the show, in the third segment, we're going to pick Aaron's brain, so I promise we're going to get some some uh, good tips from her on some of the biggest misses she sees and some HR, HR tips for small business owners. But give us an example, um, Aaron. Like, so when you work with a business, what's sort of a typical engagement look like? Well, I've actually worked with a lot of businesses that are just getting started up. Okay. And when, um, it, when you start with a small business, you want to start with the HR department from the ground up because it's going to set you up early so you can really succeed. Um, one of the businesses I worked with recently was a baker and it was, it was a bakery and it was a husband and wife who are experts in their field, but they're not experts at being employers. Mm -hmm. And so I got together with them and I consulted and we really addressed starting with a handbook, their culture and what their mission was and vision and values. And, um, we put together handbooks and, and policy development, um, and then they were going to hire about five to ten employees to help with the bakery and to run it and have all different positions. So we developed um, together compensation policies um, and job descriptions and onboarding paperwork, um, stuff to get a business going, but they were really able to know that they had the documents and tools they need to function, and they were able to really focus on their bakery mm -hmm. and make that a success. So starting that HR department and getting those tools together from the start can really help set a business up to succeed. Yeah, and again, I get it. It's one of those things that they're not the most sexy topics in the world, and, and it's a lot of no. Especially when you're starting out, you're worried about revenue and you're not worried about some of these administrative things. But these things are critical, and then it makes it so much easier. It makes it more efficient. You put in the heavy lifting up front with a lot of these things, yeah. and then down the road, it's easier. When you do onboard someone, hey, here's our employee handbook. Here, you know, you have job descriptions when you need to post a job. You don't have to create one when you're super busy and things like that. So. Um, you know, getting those things set up. employees are more engaged. Yes, absolutely. And I know a lot of people think yeah. that that's sort of a touchy-feely thing, but I've seen it where they don't have that. And then, so there's not a common vision. People don't look at things. Uh, they're not rowing in the same direction, I guess you should say. So, um, you know, right. obviously very important stuff there. We're almost against a break here. So um, we're going to bring, uh, obviously, Erin will be back with us in the third segment. And again, we're going to pick her brain. And get some good tips from her on some misses that she typically sees in, a, in uh, businesses in the human resource function. So come back after the break and we'll continue talking with Aaron Merton. Are you frustrated with trying to grow your business? You're not alone because the business growth experts at TriTraction are here to help. TriTraction's proven business systems, marketing, and sales formula has helped many businesses like yours achieve amazing results. Could your company benefit from explosive sales growth and a huge jump in website traffic? Call 800-719-4281 today for a free consultation with the business growth experts at TriTraction. That's 800-719-4281. Systems plus marketing plus sales equals business growth. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at 
Don't hesitate because there are limited spots available. Follow Mr. Biz on social media at Mr. Biz Tweets on Twitter and Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth on LinkedIn. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right. Welcome back to B2B Radio, brought to you by Capital Plus. And we are talking this week with Aaron Merton, who's a senior certified HR professional. And I should mention, if you need, uh, you hear some things that Aaron's saying, interest you, you'd like to pick her brain a little bit more, you can certainly reach out to her. Um, I'll give you a couple of ways you can reach her. You can reach her via phone, 614-570-7103. Connect with her on LinkedIn. Or you can email her, Aaron, it's E-R-I-N, period, Merton, M-E-R-T-E-N, try to get too fast there, at gmail.com. So definitely reach out to her. Um, I'm sure some of the things that she's saying resonate with you and are hitting home. And uh, again, with her area of, uh, with this being her area of expertise, it's much easier for her to be able to navigate through some of these things than it is for for any of us. So, so that being said, um, talk to talk to me about some some tips or some some typical misses you'll see um, in some of the small yeah. businesses you've dealt, you've uh, helped. Well, having over 10 years of hands-on problem-solving and HR expertise behind me, I've seen a lot of problems in businesses, but I've provided even more solutions. And what I've discovered is a little professionalism and planning at the start can really make um, the business succeed. So one of the things, and I know it's straightforward, but I would really recommend having a handbook. And the handbook is your company's sacred text. And it's the key to the business success because it's really going to define who your company is, define the policies, and resolve the disputes before they're going to come up. You know, when, I, when I've given handbooks out before at um, onboarding presentations, employees usually set them aside and they might skim through them. But all of a sudden, when an employee has a problem or when they violated one of the policies, they're searching for that handbook. <laughs> right. And so... That handbook is important in protecting an employer from any sort of litigation that they have. And um, it, it's really a good tool in defending. And one of the things that it shows is that employer expressed reasonable care towards its employees. So it's, it's a great thing to hand out a handbook. And one of the misses that people do um, is that they don't get a signed handbook receipt from that employee. That, and that handbook receipt is very important and it's critical because it shows that that employee had an opportunity to familiarize himself with the business policies. They had a chance to ask questions about that handbook, and it, it guides them on where to get help in that organization. But most importantly, that employee agrees to the terms and conditions of that business and of their employment. So that handbook is critical to reduce risk for a business. Absolutely. I think that's a huge one. And and I think, honestly, I know that, but I had completely forgotten about it. <laughs> so when you said that, it was like the you gave me an aha moment of, yes, not only hand it out, because it can happen, you get yourself into a, an issue with an employee and, and they could easily say, hey, I never got one. I never got it. I don't know what you're right. talking about. And you can say, I handed it to you. Well, no, I, I never got it. So, yeah, I, I think that's that, absolutely perfect. That signed acknowledgement is critical for yes. documentation. Yep. And Re- then um, I would say the, the second piece is the job description. And while we're not required, a business isn't required by federal law or by state to hand out job descriptions, 
it's really a practical tool and a legal protection for the company. Um, how many times have you heard somebody say, it's not my job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> right. Right. And so without clear communication, employees are not going to be able to perform to your expectations. And so that job description really needs to explain what that job is, the skills that the employee needs to perform the job. But there's often a line that's overlooked in the job description. And that line is other duties as assigned. <laughs> and that would stop the it's not my job piece from the employee that's giving you that feedback. Yep. And it really allows an employer to add new tasks to the position so that you're covered in a job description if that employee says, hey, it wasn't my responsibility. That you was can a, always point to that line in there. Yeah, that was a running joke in my corporate days. Um, someone, we'd be asked to you know, do something. Someone would be asked to do something that was a little maybe a little bit funky, nothing nefarious or anything crazy, but, and then the running joke would be, oh, this is other duties as assigned, isn't it? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. It's critical to have that line in there, and it's also very important to have the employee sign that job description and keep a copy of it in the employee personnel file. That way you can always go back and review it with that employee, and it's good for performance assessments if you do those as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, awesome, good tip. Yep, and so... Um, My next tip would be along the lines of corrective action because it's always a common thing um, to come up. And you really need to have a progressive corrective action process, starting with a a verbal warning um, and then one or two written reprimands and a warning and then followed by a termination if that behavior or performance doesn't improve. So what I would, um, the biggest myth that I see on this is when employers and small businesses don't document. And it's, it's crucial to do, but when you give that first warning that's a verbal, you want to make sure that you go back to your desk and you write down the notes of what you discussed with that employee and um, what you asked of them to do and you, that you date it. And often sending yourself an email will timestamp that and date it so that you'll have that for the future. And also, I just slipped a copy of that in the employee's personnel file to make sure that you have it. That mm-hmm. way, 30 or 50 days later, if it's still a problem and that employee's still repeating its behavior, you have adequate documentation to move forward with a written or even if it's a severe docu- um, a severe case uh, termination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So making sure to document is critical. Yeah. And I don't see that done a lot because we're all so busy and tied up in what we're doing day, day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Yeah. So we've got then, about, we've got um, about, yeah, we have about two, about, right, right around two minutes left. So um, what other tips do you have for us? Yeah. So separating an employee should never be a surprise. If you have the handbook and job description and you have done appropriate corrective action, um, when you're dealing with a poor performer, it, that employee should always know that that termination is coming. And so you never want to catch somebody off guard. And you need to be having adequate conversations with that employee saying, hey, here's how to correct this issue and here's what we need done to fix it or else. Mm-hmm. And that will really prevent um, an employee from being surprised about a termination. And that employee can conclude that they're being fired or something else other than their performance, like it was their age or their sex or their religion or a disability, mm-hmm. and that that was the real reason they were fired. But if you are straightforward and document with that employee up front, 
you'll be good to go when it comes to that employee's last day, if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Now it's same kind of things we followed in, in the corporate world as well. So I, I think awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. So we got about a minute left. You got one more for us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to an employee separation, I would definitely recommend um, having a document drafted that covers severance and confidentiality, returning a company property and other important items, just so um, it protects the employer. And then it usually can help. There should be a waiver in there that the employee says, hey, um, it protects against the right to sue in cases for discrimination. So having a uh, separation and release is always a good thing to consider um, in any termination process. Yeah, I think that's critical, and that's going to help keep you out of some of those uh, potential legal issues um, that, that sometimes arise in those situations. Look, the, this is a great list, Aaron. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and then, unfortunately, we're running out of time here. It's time, time flies when you're having fun, right? But I really appreciate you coming yeah. on. Again, you can reach Aaron, Aaron Merton, uh, Senior Certified HR Professional. You can reach her at 614-570-7103 or on LinkedIn or aaron.merton at gmail.com. Thanks again for coming on, Aaron. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks for our show sponsor, Capital Plus. Have a great week. And don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been B2B Radio with your host, Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for 25 years. Learn more about them at cpifunding.com or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.